Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. If there's ever been a time when it seems this is the time to panic, it's when somebody that you love lets you know that they don't want to be with you any longer. Maybe they've even walked out the door and you're thinking, what can I do? This is the love of my life. This hurts. This is killing me. And most of the time, the things that people do are exactly the wrong things to do. Rather than trying to entice the other person back, they actually propel them to leave faster. Hi. I'm Dr. Joe Beam with MH International. That stands for Marriage Helper, and that's what we do. This is Kimberly Holmes, our CEO, who is with me. We realize that this hurts. We realize that it's scary. We realize that it's like waking up in the middle of a nightmare and finding out the nightmare is real. We hurt for you. We hurt with you. We have witnessed this so many times. And many of the people who work with us at Marriage Helper have been through it themselves. About 95% of the people who work with us actually started off as clients. So the first thing we'll say is, please don't panic. And I know that sounds ridiculous. It's like saying to somebody who's worried, don't worry. And they go, oh, I'm okay. I'm fine. But panic is the natural result when you're losing something that you care about and that you love. Instead, if you possibly can, you need to do some things where you can regain control of your emotions. So today, Kimberly, on Relationship Radio, let's talk about that. What do you do when the spouse just walked out? The door. Yes. Spouse, significant other. I mean, this can be applied to several different types of relationships. But as you were saying, it tends to be the tendency that when that person that you love so much walks out, you emotionally lose it. You tend Mm -hmm. to just start grasping at whatever you can to try and get them to stay, saying things, anything to try and get them to turn around and walk back in, sending multiple text messages as they're leaving. I mean, you even knew the couple that gave the story that when the husband or wife was, was leaving, I think it was the husband, the wife went out and followed him and started hitting her head against the pavement. The concrete driveway, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Until, as as she phrased it, blood flowed like a river. <laughs> and then she said, and he still left. We aren't necessarily rational in this state. And it <laughs> tends to push the person that we love further out the door even quicker. We're doing it. I mean, just, just thinking about the psychology of it, we're doing it because in us, we're thinking, if I can do something that will just play on their guilt, if I can get them to see how much pain they're calling me, that causing me, then surely how much they love me, all of the things, the regret that they would feel, the guilt that they would feel will come rushing to them and they'll turn back and not want to cause me this much pain. But it tends to work in the exact opposite. It pushes the person further away because they think, see, this person is crazier than I thought they were. I need to get out. I have to get out. So the first thing that we want to say to people is don't panic. And this sounds similar to to telling someone with anxiety, just calm down. There's nothing to worry about. I mean, okay. everything going on in your body is telling you to panic. So how can we really break through those mental systems happening and calm down in the midst of such extravagant fear? 
Okay. The first thing I would say there is, and the way to not panic is stop trying to do anything that will in some way try to convince another person to stay because that was just going to feed the panic. Mm. You see, we tend to think the other person feels what we're feeling or thinks the way we think. And in a situation like this, you guys are on extreme opposites of the way you're thinking and feeling. So in under don't panic, we'd say don't do anything. Don't yell, don't scream, etc. Instead, you may need to, uh, if you have anti-anxiety medicine, maybe now is the time to take it. If you can sit down and somehow calm yourself down, if you know how to do that, great. But what you really want to do here is to quit focusing on the fact that he or she's leaving and start focusing on the fact that you need, if you're going to be able to save this relationship, which we hope you can, and we have seen happen thousands, thousands of times over the 30 years we've been working with marriages, then you'll need to somehow take control of yourself and to find some inner peace. Now, Kimberly, you study this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So what kind of things could they do on the short term? Yeah. Well, again, listening to something like this to tell you that this is what you need to do is, is going to be what helps you do that because it's not going to come naturally to do things to calm down. But you can do things like mindfulness or meditation. A great one, an easy one, a very accessible one is four by four box breathing, where you breathe in for four seconds, hold it for four seconds, breathe out for four seconds, hold at the bottom for four seconds, and do that for two to three minutes. Is it going to take all of your anxiety and fear away? No, but it can begin to actually clear your amygdala, which is that system in your brain that initiates that fear or flight response and can get you to start at least thinking a little bit clearer. It can also help if you do something to move your body because you have tension. You have a lot of stuff built up in you. So go for a walk, go for a run, do some yoga, do something to just physically move and get, get those, get that those physiological responses, your muscles are ready to do something. So do something to get that energy out of your muscles can help you calm down as well. Take a bath, call a friend. Now that one's a little tricky. We'll get to that one in a minute, but you may want to call a friend and vent and do and just talk about everything. That may not be the right answer. But if you can surround yourself with people who are going to help you calm down, if you have a trusted person or source that can help you do that, then that's very effective. Yeah, and we'll talk about that next. But let me add one thing here. You might be thinking, okay, then what maybe I need to do is to take a drink. Be careful with anything that you might misuse here because of your pain. Now, if you could take a sip and and it, a glass of wine, for example, and it helps you calm down and you can stop there, I can see that that could work. But you understand that the likelihood because of the pain and the panic is that you're not going to stop with a glass of wine or with a shot. You're going to keep going and keep going. And the next thing you know, you're going to be inebriated or at least out of control further than you were before. Mm -hmm. And that's when you'll wind up making some really dumb phone calls and doing some really dumb things. So be very careful about using things like that to help you calm down because you can lose control over that very quickly. Let's move to the second thing then. You see, the second thing we'd say don't do is don't start telling everybody you know. Don't throw your spouse under the bus where you're actually aligning people against him or against her by telling his, her, or her parents or best friends or whatever it might be. Because if you do that, it's going to make it that much more difficult for the spouse to come back. Why? They're going to feel like you poisoned the well. Like the people that matter to me, you have done your best to turn them against me, and I'm holding that against you. So we certainly say don't. Do that. Don't throw them under the bus. But what Kimberly just said may be essential. If you have that really good friend, 
Or maybe you have a counselor that you can call if so, or your pastor or minister or rabbi or imam, someone who can actually help you stop and be calm and think this through. Then do that and vent a little bit, as Kimberly said. But you need to think a little bit before you make that phone call or go to see that person or ask that person to come to see you to make sure of a couple of things. Number one, can I trust this person not to spread it everywhere? Number two, am I sure this is a person who is on my side, meaning they'll be wanting to help me save the marriage rather than feeding me all kinds of junk about what I should do to punish my spouse. And number three, meaning that they themselves don't have any designs on you. Because in your pain, if they have any kind of designs on you, so it's the guy next door. He's been my good friend. I can vent with him about everything. He on occasion tells me how pretty I am. I think I'll call him. We'd recommend that not be the person you call because of the fact that if he already has some designs on you, even if they're minor and he sees you in pain, he's going to try to envelop you to take care of you, not even with bad motives to begin with, but those can turn not good in a hurry, both for you and for him. How many times have I heard somebody say, I wish I hadn't done what I did on the first five or six hours because it turned out being a bad decision to make. So it needs to be somebody who is safe, somebody who will listen, somebody who will be on your side. Now, be careful, as we said, though, not to make it very many people and certainly don't make it people that your spouse will resent you telling. Like you told my mom, you, you told my best friend, you told my boss. Be careful about that. So, Kimberly, in addition to finding maybe that one good friend, what else can they do here? What's a do on this side? We said don't, but what's a do? Well, do seek positive professional help. Find a counselor or a coach that can really help you to see what you need to do to turn the relationship around and bring your spouse back, bring your significant other back. Now, Let's talk about the word professional because there's a lot of people out there on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram, unfortunately, that will make a lot of great claims, a lot of grandiose claims of I can give you, I mean, I think my favorite is I can give you the six text messages that you need to send that will get your spouse to come crawling back to you. Uh, I would not call that professional help because no professional is ever going to say something so stupid. So when we talk about professional help, we're talking about someone who is aligned with your beliefs and values, who can help you reach to the goal that you want in a way that is research-based. Now, of course, I recommend our marriage coaches, especially if you're going through this in your marriage and your spouse just left and you're saying, I just need someone to help get me calm and get me focused on the right things so that I don't end up making a lot of things worse. Our marriage coaches are absolutely equipped to help you do that. But maybe you're the person who's saying this is bringing back a lot of childhood trauma and feelings of abandonment. And I, I need to deal, I need to deal with some deep seated emotions and feelings that I'm having around this abandonment right now. You may want to consider getting a professional licensed counselor who can really help you with that specific aspect of it, who can help you. And, and it's a place to vent, but really it's a place to work through pain and trauma of your past that can help you ultimately move forward in a productive mm -hmm. way. And what you want to do, if you get a relationship with somebody like that, is to tell them up front, I'm not here for you to help me to figure out how to end this marriage. Mm -hmm. I'm not here for you to help me figure out how to be abandoned. I'm here for you to help me figure out how I can become the best me I can be so that potentially we can salvage this marriage. Mm -hmm. You see, when you start telling people in those vents, 
they're hearing your anger. They're hearing your hurt. They're hearing your deep-seated pain. And it's pretty natural for, for them to start saying, wow, you just need to let this person go. They've hurt you too badly. That's one of the values of our coaches. If you choose to use one of our coaches, we've trained them. Yes, listen to the pain, listen to the hurt, but understand there are two sides to this. And also, even if your spouse is doing something really bad right now, Mm -hmm. it does not necessarily mean that at heart they're a bad person. Mm -hmm. If that good person is still in there, then he or she is worth rescuing. Mm -hmm. So don't throw them under the bus, but do seek people who are pro-marriage and pro you. And even as they hear your pain, won't side against your spouse because they need to be objective and unbiased as much as possible. Absolutely. So the third don't, and this is going to sound ridiculous, but we've already alluded to it a little bit. Don't try to convince your spouse to stay. Sometimes the things we see that people do thinking this is it, this is going to make it happen. This is the magic bean I can plant and I'll be able to climb up and find the golden goose basically are the worst things you can possibly do. One guy said to me, I've made arrangements financially where she can't exist without me. I've made arrangements with her family. They're going to turn against her. She leaves me. And he went on through a list of things. And I said, listen, if she stays for all those reasons, she's going to resent you that she's there. These are not smart things. You see, you're thinking in terms of trying to save the marriage about what you can do to control her. Stop thinking like that. We can actually teach you a system where you stop thinking about how you can control your spouse or significant others, Kimberly said, but where the you can control you. And by doing so, tremendously increase, uh, increase the likelihood that you can actually influence your spouse to come back, put this marriage back together and make it good again. So stop trying to control the spouse or that situation the spouse is in. Like if they're involved with somebody else, you're going to try to do something to hurt him or her, maybe call their boss or something. Don't do that if you really want to save the marriage. If you just want to do it out of vengeance, that's your choice. But vengeance always winds up hurting you. Mm-hmm. We're saying, look at it the logical way. If your spouse is a good person, even if he or she's doing a bad thing right now, are they worth rescuing? And if they are, then you don't do it by trying to change them. You do it by changing your behaviors to do the right things that can lead to the reconciliation of this relationship. Yeah. And, you know, it's a good point as well, because in the middle of the pain and heartbreak of our spouse leaving, we can tend to overlook the fact that maybe we did some things that led them to want to leave. And so we tend to overlook our faults in it that may be the biggest things that our spouse is seeing of, I don't trust that you're going to change or, or be the kind of person I need to be in a healthy marriage with. There was a recent, I think last week, there was a viral video that went around with some kind of commentator, news commentator. Uh, I won't mention any names, but it was a, a picture or a video of their ring camera picking up on a fight. And the wife wasn't being rude or, or vindictive. Um, she, but she was trying to leave to go run errands. So not the kind of leaving we're talking about, but leave to go run errands. And the husband was just saying things to her like, you don't, if, unless you're more disciplined, unless you can live the kind of life I do, you don't deserve to be able to go and take this car. Uh, and he was just berating her. And she kept saying, I love you, but this is not okay. And he just kept retaliating, kept retaliating. And in his mind, he was the one making sense. He was the one in the right. But 
I'm not saying our listeners. I believe our listeners are way better people than how they treat their spouses than that. Obviously, they are. Obviously. But sometimes we don't realize how we come across in the midst of a tense moment, in the midst of, like we said in step one, of getting calm. When we're not calm, we may say things or do things that come across to our spouse, not just begging, but incredibly controlling. And so that's why it's important to really think about how am I coming across to them? And how do I not convince them to stay in my words? But how do I change who I am to be the kind of person they want to be around? Even if you're wonderful already. That's right. You can become better. So rather than trying to convince your spouse to stay, trying to control him or her, we say, help, we'll help you if you'll allow us to, to assess what's really going on. Mm -hmm. To understand the situation. And, and as Kimberly was alluding to, sometimes that means you'll learn some things about yourself where you'll go, mm, wow, I see how I contributed to that. No, we don't beat you up. We don't make it all your fault. But we also don't beat up your spouse and make it all his or her fault. It's a matter of, okay, we see the marriage as the client. And it's like, how can we help you? But also the time help that at the same time help that marriage. And so if you're going to do some good assessment here, be honest about what he or she's doing, uh, but also look at some of your own behavior, not to make you the bad guy, but if you're going to become the better person than you are now and everybody can, then you're going to have to do some assessments to understand what should I change and how should I change it? Mm-hmm. And in the middle of all that, Kimberly, another don't very quickly is don't allow other people, including us, to tell you what to think, what to feel or what to do. You understand that you need to make your own decisions here. And so if your mom says, I always knew he was a jerk, you need to divorce him right now. Be very careful about taking mom's advice, not because mom is bad, but because mom loves you and she's mad that this guy's hurt you. And so be careful about listening to your family. Be careful about listening to your friends. And sometimes you need to be really careful about listening to marriage counselors, because there are some marriage counselors whose agendas basically are based on their own pain. Uh, this man hurt me or that woman hurt me. And and whether they realize they're doing it or not, they put you in a position of paying back your spouse as kind of a way for them to get back at their own spouse. And so you've got to be real careful because everybody is human. Now, what we do is we'll teach you. We'll teach you the principles. We'll teach you why those principles work. We'll actually refer to the research upon which those principles are based. But we always leave it to your decision. So, for example, if you were talking to one of our coaches and said, what should I do? The coach would say, well, let's look at everything and then help you think through what to do. But it's your decision, not mine. So don't allow other people learn your own options, make your own choices. Mm-hmm. And one other thing, Kimberly, don't assume it's all over. Mm-hmm. I know that people think that's crazy. He just moved out. He moved in with that other woman or she just left me. She's now living with that guy. What do you mean? Don't assume it's all over. Yeah, this is the most common thing that we deal with in the in the clients that we work with and the people who contact us, they'll say, well, they said that they that they want out. They filed for divorce or I asked them to work on the marriage with me. They said, no, therefore it's all over. I'm just going to continue with the divorce. Oh my goodness. There's so much opportunity of things that you can begin working on that will absolutely help to turn your marriage around. The workshops that we do for over 24 years now they have been incredibly effective in situations where one spouse 
wants out, doesn't want to be there, doesn't want to work on the marriage, and still historically has had over a 70% success rate at saving marriages. So your spouse doesn't have to want to save the marriage in order for you to begin working on doing the things that can lead the marriage to ultimately be put back together, reconciled, and stronger than ever before. So don't, please don't let a filing of divorce, them walking out the door, them saying that they don't want to work on it, just be you giving up. Don't let that lead to you giving up. And I know we said we aren't going to tell you what to do, but I strongly (laughs) encourage and highly suggest that you consider that there is definitely hope beyond what you feel right now. Yeah. And so maybe what we're trying to say here is don't give up because you think there's no hope. Mm -hmm. If you want to give up, that's your choice. We honor your choice. But if you're giving up because of the fact other people are telling you to, maybe you should rethink that. Or giving up because you think, well, there's absolutely no hope now. I know that you don't want a divorce to occur, nor do we want it to occur. It's expensive, both in money and in emotions and in every other kind of way that you can imagine. We hope it never happens for you. But you must understand in our business, we work with so many people who do go to the divorce and then keep practicing the principles that we teach them. And eventually the marriage comes back together and they remarry. Even my own story has to do with that. And so that's why we don't give up hope is because we have seen so many successes. If you're ready to quit, quit. But if you're quitting because somebody's selling it to or because you think there's no hope, we would urge you to think a little bit differently about that. There is hope. People sometimes say, okay, Dr. Beam, when do you give up? Well, if one of you marries somebody else, I'm out of it then. It's like, okay, that decision has been made. Or if one of you dies. Usually within three days of death, I'll finally give up and say, okay. because this one time back in history. So anyway, we look at that and go, hmm, really, really? And and you have witnessed impossible situations get back together? Absolutely. So many times that that they don't become remarkable. If, doesn't that sound kind of bad, Kimberly? We have seen so many marriage miracles that now we don't just get all excited when we see one. It's like, hey, good, there's another one. Because we see and witness so many of them, they don't shock us or surprise us anymore. Yeah, that's right. We constantly have to reorient and recenter our team at Marriage Helper and say, y'all, every one of these, let let us celebrate and our hearts be sensitive to it because every one of them is huge. So we, like you said, we do. (laughs) There's so many that it can become commonplace, but every one of them is truly a restoration and turnaround story. So here at the end of our program, what can we recommend that people do right now? If you're listening to this and thinking, man, I want over a 70% success rate and chance of my marriage being saved. And you realize that maybe your spouse is reluctant right now and they want out, but you want to understand what it could take and how you could approach them and how you could ask and things that you can do in the meantime to really put you on the journey to saving your marriage kind of in the waiting period that you're in, then it is the perfect chance for you to talk with someone on our team, one of our workshop advisors to understand how our workshop can help you and things that we can even even do before your spouse agrees to go to the workshop that can begin to help you get calm and understand the things that you need to do. If you're ready to speak with one of our workshop advisors, you can go to marriagehelper.com slash workshop, W-O-R-K-S-H-O-P, and you can schedule a time there to speak with someone on our team about the workshop and how we can help you to get there. 
Thank you for joining us on this episode of Relationship Radio. And uh, we will be back next week with another episode. We'll look forward to seeing you then.